0: Hello again, Cave Dweller community. Welcome back to this week's episode, part one of two with Rihanna Milne. Rihanna is a certified global life and love trauma recovery coach, a certified clinical trauma and addictions professional, a certified mindfulness coach, number one best-selling author, the host of her own podcast Lessons in Life and Love. Rihanna, if that wasn't enough, is also an educational speaker and licensed mental health counselor for over 21 years. She was also a life and dating coach for the docuseries Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love Over 40. Rihanna specializes in helping those who have had past childhood or love relationship trauma to heal, transform, and thrive. She offers coaching programs for both straight and LGBTQ singles and couples globally for ages 16 to 76. Rihanna's number one bestseller, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free from Toxic Relationships, To Have the Love You Deserve, And live beyond your dreams, from fear and doubt to personal power, purpose, and success addresses life, difficult transitions, personal transformation, the mindset for success, and having loving, conscious relationships with yourself and others. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show, cave dwellers see you on thank the flip side much. i appreciate you uh, being willing to come on to my my young podcast <laughs> Sure.
1: Hey, i'm a, you know as you promote it i'm always there yeah. not a
0: bad thing thank you i appreciate it and good as we'll get into too. later on you know if uh, anytime in the future if uh, you have anything else you're looking to promote any new books coming out give me a okay definitely awesome. give me a you know an email or something and we'll get you back sure on. sure okay good all right you ready yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's get into it. So tell me about you. Tell me about uh, Rihanna and what uh, you know, about your work as a life, love, and relationship coach and how you came into it.
1: Okay. Well, there's a lot to say about my years. <laughs> you know, um, just a brief background. I mean, in my 20s, I got into mindset work. So I was studying a lot of ton- Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, Dalai Lama, Deepak Chopra. And at 26, I opened up a model and talent agency in school. So I was teaching mindset of success for small town people that wanted to make it big in the talent industry. And then I always, as a young person, wanted to be a counselor. I was always into psychology. So after 10 years of working in the talent industry, I went back for a triple masters and applied clinical and counseling psychology and uh opened up a private practice but while i was growing my practice i worked in very many different work backgrounds so i was in kindergarten through college as a crisis counselor i was in a hospital setting for children and adolescents great um, ages 5 through 19. i worked in a teen rehab center from drugs and alcohol and i worked with women from the prison system in a rehab center so all these different populations all were dealing with trauma from their homes, right? The origin of where they came from. So I kept seeing the same patterns over and over again. And then at the same time, several years into having a practice, I married someone I love very much. And he uh, it was discovered he had a whole secret life. And uh, in the surface, this is what we call Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Everyone knew Dr. Jekyll was you know successful and handsome and charming and everyone loved him. Mr. Hyde was a hidden personality type and he had a whole hidden personality type. So um, I went in to annul the marriage and I went to seven psychotherapy friends, figuring someone knew the answers to who he was, what he did, why he did it. Nobody could tell me the last thing he said to me is, I don't know why I sabotage everything I love. And I said, I don't either, but I am going to figure it out. So that started my journey into the research. And what I discovered was he had drastic, unhealed, unconscious childhood trauma.
0: Well, I mean, so I guess it's a long way to go about it, but if if that didn't happen, then you wouldn't be where you are today, I guess. Well,
1: you know, it was important I heal myself. I was going through what we call love trauma, when all of a sudden something either is sprung upon you as a big life change, or uh, it could be repetitive over time, so trauma comes Towards you in different ways, right? So I had a love trauma. I needed to heal myself. No one could help me. So, you know, the first part was step up and empower myself, get the annulment of the marriage, which I did, and then figure out what was going on. And it was fascinating. And when I was getting all these answers, not only did I help myself and my clients, you know, both in my practice and in trauma world, all the people I was reaching and touching. But at the same time, I found that, you know, this is an important message to take to the world of how early childhood trauma impacts nine out of 10 people in life, love, and even business.
0: We were going to get into your books later on, so I definitely would like to hear about those as well. But, uh, you know, we'll keep on following the uh, the program we have set out here. Unless there was anything else you wanted to touch on with, uh, you know, your story, uh, we, we can...
1: Um, well, the research, what did lead to my number one bestseller, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. And it became the foundation of the coursework that I do now with men and women, straight and LGBTQ, from 16 all the way to 73 was my oldest client, singles and couples. So, uh, childhood prejudice, uh, childhood trauma has no prejudice. Right. So it's um, the, the process that I learned through all the research also went into the 150 page workbook that I use with my clients as well. So it's really important work, I thought.
0: You specialize in those who have experienced childhood trauma. Now, how does that hold one back from having a, a, a life and love relationship they dream of?
1: Okay. Well, it's, it goes back, uh, the research shows that childhood trauma usually goes back at least three generations. So if one person has childhood trauma, then their parents did and likely their parents did. Um, they even find your show about evolution, that people that endured the Holocaust developed a different type of DNA and genes that were carried two generations further from all the toxic stress that they endured in the camps. Um, Of course, it's known too, if there's a mother under stress, who's carrying a baby, that baby is usually um, very high startle, right? If the mother's always under like emotional or verbal abuse or high anxiety herself, her baby will be born very high anxiety, right? So these patterns carry on in many different ways, Um, but the, the problem is if you don't heal this, what usually occurs is what we call relationship repetition syndrome, one toxic relationship after another, after another. And everyone swears they're going to get a different next time, read a couple self-help books and think they've got the answers. And they never really touched on what's really happening, the root of the issues.
0: That's, that's one thing that I always, because I, I always seem to find myself in the path of others that need help too, you know, whether it's family or friends and, you know, and, and I always tell them, look, I, I can help you as much as I can, but if you're not willing to help yourself, I can't help you. There's nothing I can do for you. You have to be willing to help yourself. And it's you know, a learning curve, but my clients
1: to, love yeah. it because they change totally how they feel about themselves, their life. If they're with a partner, that relationship becomes stress-free and much more safe and loving.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, going into the interview, uh, whenever I had seen that you, you wanted to come on, I was excited because, you know, again, we talked about, you had mentioned the caveman uh, brain, but then, and then I started thinking, I'm like, man, for, will it, how will it fit in with what the basis of the Neanderthal mind is? And, and really, I mean, it. that's kind of what got me into this okay. podcast. Well, let me touch on that. There was um, when I
1: work with couples, I have to treat partner A, partner B, and third, the relationship and the relationship dynamic. So I have to get to the bottom of each of their childhood traumas and then how it's showing up in the in the actual relationship, right? So a lot of people don't know the biology of male and female. And the problem is when I, I just call a caveman brain or, um, you know, reptilian brain, the old brain that sits at the back of the, the brain stem. Um, men are really wired for attraction. They can't help it because they procreate the race. Women, cave woman brain is hardwired for safety. And she can't help it because she is the child bearer. So that's her number one need. So if we have a husband screaming at his wife and then he wants to make up and have sex with her and she's there, I'm not feeling it. Her whole body is in shutdown mode to defend herself because she has to be intimate by turning on first all five senses. And the first one is she has to feel safe and relaxed. That is her first need. So men that don't understand this and they're trying to push their women for intimacy thinking they're sexually wired the same way as the man have totally got it wrong. Now, the other thing is the male sexual center of the brain is seven times that of a woman. So a man can have sex and get excited, ready for intimacy fairly quickly because that's how he is wired in the brain and the body. Woman is not. Again, woman has to feel relaxed, safe, and have five senses ignited. So what she sees, what she smells, what she tastes, what does she hear? So when I have men in my office saying, well, why do I have to date my wife anymore? I married her. We can just stay home and then... He's watching TV, throws on the 11 o'clock news and expects sex, and she's not into it. Well, geez, no kidding. He's done nothing to ignite the five senses. Do you understand? So, when men think, you know, it's just done because they're married, well, I look at the men in my office. So, do you still want sexual intimacy? <laughs> Continue to date your wife. Hello, you know, and put something nice on, shower, shave, smell nice. Tell her she looks pretty, hold her hand, open the car door, pull out the chair, hold her hand at dinner. And it doesn't have to be expensive dinner dates. You could walk the beach, have a blanket, share a bottle of wine. It's just shared intimacy time for her to get out of the house, away from her to-do list and all the responsibilities that she also has to have. And let's face it, most women are out in the workforce today. Then they come home. And, you know, thank God I see the millennial men really stepping up and being full partners in parenting and in the household, but the baby boomer men still want their dinner cooked, their their clothes washed, the house cleaned, and this woman is burnt out. So until the men learn that they have to step up and be equal partners, if the woman's out working, which was the traditional male role. Right. And she doesn't have that now working in the household because working in the household is work. Once a man starts taking care of kids and doing the cooking, the cleaning, (laughs) then he realizes, whoa, this is work.
0: Work it is. Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
1: So partners today have to be real partners, 50% in the household chores, responsibilities with the kids. You know, um, however, unfortunately for most women, the whole income, situation is still way off the men still make almost twice as much as a woman for the same job but the woman has just as equal or more stressors
0: responsibilities yeah doing it. you know the
1: job so you know what was stereotypical from the 50s which i called ozzy and harriet days where the woman had the little house dress on and offered <laughs> the drink at the door,
0: yeah.
1: you know, for the husband that worked. And she mm. was in the home all day and raising kids. Well, that's not the reality for the woman. In right. the 70s, it was okay, women do everything go to school to get a job, to raise the money, to raise the kids, and do the food shopping. And, and back then, the men still were in, wanted to be Mr. Ozzy. <laughs> and women weren't allowed to be a Harriet. Right, right. right yes boomers would remember that TV show or leave it to be (laughs) family shows. And, you know, in the seventies, you know, a lot of women got really burnt out and this is when the divorce race started skyrocketing. It's like, I'd rather be alone and handle my own job than work for two and not be appreciated. Right. So the stereotypes will change with time, but a lot of the millennial men and I have two son-in-laws and they both said, I watched how hard my mom worked you know, and uh, many of us were single women who did everything else as well. So it's a lot of responsibility. But you know, the, the basic caveman, cave woman, like when women get upset, oh, men just want, you know, a really pretty lady. Well, ladies, you have to know something. He's hard wired that way. <laughs> you know, and yeah. when men say, oh, women just want money, no, women need to fa- feel safe and secure. Sure. Is she going to have a child, an offspring with a man that won't support them emotionally or financially? Okay. You see, so those things are hardwired, and men and women need to understand that and respect where those are coming from. So it is true for both women and men, there is a five second, do I like them meeting time period of yes, I want to have a second date or no. Mm-hmm. Men geared to attraction usually know within five seconds if they'll, they'll date that lady again. And yes, it's shallow because yes, they, yes. they even haven't had a conversation with her yet. But if the attraction factor is there for him, then he's more interested in the conversation and spending quality time. But the woman doesn't know she'll be safe with this guy yet. So this is why the woman always moves slower. Okay. Is he a good person? Can I feel safe? Does he have his life together? You know, or is he coming to me, you know, in debt, broke and on job number five of the month? You know what I mean? So It takes a while for us to get that information. So men have to be patient with the process and men have to learn to be deeper in getting that to know that person in front of them. So these are some things that do come up in dating world. Um, that men and women have to understand and respect that it's caveman and cavewoman brains still in action. But, you know, you have to also have these skills about, is this person in front of me emotionally healthy? You know, are they still engaging in sabotaging behavior that I'm in a relationship with them, it's gonna break up the relationship. This is what unhealed childhood trauma does then there's all these other toxic things that can happen in relationship if childhood trauma is not
0: healed. Very good. And then just listening to you, I, I can picture in my mind how, all of that would equate to the Neanderthal times, where you know the man was the hunter and you know the That's woman tight. ended up being the gatherer, but you know the woman stayed behind in the cave to take With the children, the, to, right, to bear the children, and the, you know the man was protecting them from you know everything, and you know so it it is still hardwired in our brain to be like that, and and even to go back to like you were saying, you know the man is is hardwired to procreate you know that's mm-hmm. kind of what grew the tribe in a sense you know oh. so yeah to 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 hear all you you know to hear you say all of those things and it definitely equates to the neanderthal mind still affecting right. us today so
1: yeah but today's men still don't quite understand the whole sexuality of the brain of the female
0: sure sure
1: that yes. it is not at all wild like a male and once he gets that and appreciates that more and knows that the number one need in a woman is safety and security, then he'll be a lot happier with the intimacy piece.
0: And and it, also just thinking about it, I guess I'll out myself in a sense, but I I was, I'm a mama's boy, you know? <laughs> my mom passed away, but I was always a mama's boy. I was the youngest one. So I, I okay. understand, you know, what the struggles that she felt and how she felt, you know, because I was very close to my mom, yeah. you know? And, and, I, and I try to Portray onto my girlfriend how I think my mom would want to feel from me. You know what I mean? From right. a man. You know, right? As weird as that might sound, but you know,
1: or just so. ask her.
0: Sure. right? Well, yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> but
1: yes, the more a man can um, understand the you know physiology of the woman and her makeup, and you know what is important for her to feel sexual, then the better that relationship's going to be yeah
0: absolutely yeah very good very was important a, yeah yeah that was that was definitely a good good road to go down on that one uh, see what that one was. okay so let's go into the next one and we, we may have we may have touched on it um can can you describe the 10 traumas that are experienced during childhood that impact most adults later in life you know with their you know with their life love and relationships and career
1: Definitely. And if you're able to write this down, listeners, please do, because um, most people will say, oh, I didn't have any traumas had a few bumps in the road, but no, nothing, that's a big deal. However, the research shows nine out of 10 people have at least one to three of the traumas listed, and these are the top 10, so there are more. And um, then there's a standing joke, well, the other 10% are sociopathic and they admit nothing's wrong. So really everyone has experienced some of these traumas. So as we're going through the list, it's not about trying to blame your parents at this stage of life, or is it about you feeling ashamed or embarrassed that you have experienced these. Keep in mind, you were just an innocent child. And these happened with either within the home or at your school or in your neighborhood. It's the childhood experience from in utero all the way to like young 20s, okay? So let's talk about what they are. The first one is if your caretakers or parents had any addictions, that's number one. So it could be drugs or alcohol or sex, meaning you knew that your parent was a chronic cheater. Porn, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism, or social media addiction. So those are 12 addictions that could be more important than time with your child, and you remember feeling neglected because of it. Okay, second is verbal abuse or trauma. So watching your parents yell and scream at each other, or they yell and scream at you. uh, It also includes not hearing the words, I love you, or hearing verbal put downs or slurs, like change that outfit, you look fat in that. Um, Never hearing, uh, I'm so proud of you kiddo, great job. Like never getting compliments. So these are all forms of the verbal. Number three is emotional abuse or neglect. Pretty much know what that is. Number four is physical abuse, like beatings or hittings. sexual abuse, rape, or molestation. Now, again, these could have happened inside or outside of the home, okay? You could have, I've had someone have a perfect family life, but every time he walked to school, he got beat up by the big football player, the bully. So he was horrendously physically abused, although the parents felt they couldn't do anything about it, right? So this shows up in different ways. Okay, um, the next one is abandonment and there's two types there's fault and no fault abandonment. So a no-fault abandonment would be an example like a parent dying early. It could be a parent going off to war. and it also could be a parent that travels a lot, but that's how they support the family. Sure. So they're always on the road and I had that trauma myself asking you know when's daddy coming home and my mom never knew. But the reason she never knew is because he was FBI and CIA, and none of us knew that until he was much older, and we got letters from Ronald Reagan thanking him for his many years of service. So then we all figured it out. Oh, okay, that's where dad was. (laughs) Then there's fault abandonment, and fault abandonment is never being in your child's life. Um, Being there until the couple broke up, and then uh, you're barely there, or you say you're going to be there and you cancel, or you're late, or you don't show. Um, or it even means being in the family household, but really checking out emotionally when it comes to your kids. This could be an example of a father that watches football all weekend and misses the daughter's piano recital because his favorite sport team is playing. You know, so anything where they're not emotionally attached or supportive of their child and their events, that kind of thing. Okay, the next one is if you were part of adoption, foster care system, or you had to go live in other people's homes because your parents can take care of you. So even if that's a grandmother or an aunt's home, your family was still broken up and you didn't have that safety and security of living in one spot, right? Okay, trauma number seven, most people can relate to. It's the biggest one they identify with, which is personal trauma. So this is ever always feeling like you didn't fit in or didn't feel good enough. So you could have been the chubby overweight child. You could have been skinny and gawky and teased and called the nerd. You could have been the kid uh, was a little sickly with the asthma uh, tool, you know, and kids would pick on that child. You could have been identified as ADHD. Trust me, I worked in the schools when kids were labeled that. They hated it to go to extra classes and be pulled out. They felt different. Um, it could be the only Amer- African-American teenager in an all Caucasian school, or it could be a teen coming out as LGBTQ and the kids not accepting them or teasing them or beating them up because and they there perceive there you
0: have them it again, different. cave dwellers. So so Another awesome, informative, an enlightening episode. But wait, there's more. If all that great info wasn't enough, Rihanna has graciously extended a few gifts to the cave dweller community. Number 1. Take Rihanna's four free love tests for singles or couples. Number 2. Free book chapter downloads of Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams. Number 3, a free ebook. Why 9 out of 10 people struggle in life and love. How to have the love you deserve. And number 4, meet with Rihanna for 1 hour private life and love transformation discovery session. Normally 500 bucks, but for my cave dwellers, only $47 when you mention this episode. Wow, wow, wow. I will include all of the links to those awesome gifts in the show notes. So, get to the show notes to enjoy what Rihanna Milne is offering up to the community. I want to thank Rihanna for coming on The Neanderthal Mind, and thank you, cave dwellers, for listening to The Neanderthal Mind. As I have said many times before, I need to hear from you. I need to know if I am giving you what you are expecting. And if not, what else could I give to you? But thanks again, cave dwellers. And don't forget, join us next week for part two with Rihanna Milne. Here is a little snippet of what's to come.
1: Trauma versus where's their safe place? You know, if they're going to be bullied going to school and they're bullied at home by the alcoholic father, there's no place this kid feels safe. So So they're just checking out their negative and, you know, either angry. They're either externalizers, so they can come out in anger, or the internalizer is that sad, depressed kid that's in the room all the time, or the young girl that's cutting, you know, uh, self-harm, or they drink alcohol or smoke pot or whatever it is. To try to escape how lousy they feel. So, teens and children show signs of trauma all the time. The parents, A, might not wanna see it, right. you know, because they don't wanna acknowledge it's happening. B, are too traumatized themselves if they're going through
0: emotional abuse. That Thanks don't. for listening to the Neanderthal Mind podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you love what you heard, Subscribe, rate, and review the Neanderthal Mind podcast wherever you download your podcasts. If you know anyone that you think would enjoy this podcast, please recommend the Neanderthal Mind to them. Until next week, my fellow cave dwellers, don't forget to leave your cave drawings and comments on our wall at theneanderthalmind.com.